This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. In the shotgun, Carr's going to throw, pumps, looks end zone, throws for the end zone, wide open! James Young! I only play the slots because you know what they say scared money don't make money and I got scared money Rodgers to the end zone caught for the touchdown James Jones John Gruden has not coached since 2008 so what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level you know and it's just Cali swag What's good, Raider Nation? I am recording this on Sunday afternoon, March 22nd. Hope you're staying safe. This is another bonus episode of Keeping It 300 brought to you by Blue Wire and our friends at betonline.ag. I'm Fallon Smith, and joining me in just a few moments will be Raiders report host Mitchell Renz. But before we get to him, the Raiders did make some moves yesterday, Saturday, signing a few players. It was actually offensive Saturday. Uh, it started with guard Eric Cush, and then they signed wide receiver Nelson Aguilar. And uh, that's not the receiver I was hoping for. More on that in just a bit. Then they re-signed running back Rod Smith and added another tight end in Nick O'Leary. So let's start with the first dude that they signed on Saturday, and that's guard Eric Cush. He is a nice addition to add depth at guard behind Richie Incognito, Gabe Jackson, and Denzel Good. Now, the Raiders could also trade Gabe Jackson and save over $9 million against the cap. That's something that I'm thinking about right now if I'm John Gruden and Mike Mayock. I feel like it's going to happen, but we shall see. Uh, Jackson, though, as you know, is a beast when healthy. He was one of my favorite players for the Raiders, but that's been the problem recently. You know, injuries. Gabe played most of 2018 with a torn pectoral muscle, so he beasted it out. So much respect to him. But then last year, he missed the first half of the season with a torn MCL. Now, again... When Gabe Jackson is healthy, Gabe Jackson is a beast. So hopefully he can get back to that uh, beastly play, you know, at right guard. But we shall see. If not, again, the Raiders save $9 million against the cap. They could also get some some draft capital out of them if uh, they do trade him. So we'll see what happens with Gabe Jackson. Anyhow, uh, back to Cush. He started seven games at right guard for the Browns last season, but he ended up losing his starting job to a younger player, and I believe the Browns cut him back in February. Um, He can play right and left guard and also has some experience at center. So that's something to keep in mind. All right, now to the signing that made me say, Boo! Really? What in the... This ain't the guy. (sighs) Yeah. Former Eagles receiver Nelson Aguilar. Now, I wanted the Raiders to sign a wide receiver in free agency, This guy was not the guy I had in mind. (laughs) You know, Demarcus Robinson and Robbie Anderson are still available right now. Um, I was hoping that they would sign maybe one of them, uh, a bigger name. 
But we got Aguilar. So the Eagles' former first-round pick, the drop king. <laughs> That's so mean. Fallon, get your life together. But, yeah, the hashtag no hands team. This is keeping it at 300. This is just how I feel. I really hope he goes in there and then balls out and then I feel stupid. But, look, this dude has shown flashes of greatness. We've seen it specifically, you know, in 2017, the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. But he's been inconsistent. And he's coming off the worst year of his NFL career. Last year, he played in just 11 games because of injury. And when he was on the field, he struggled. I know because I'm dumb and I had him on one of my fantasy teams. <laughs> but anyways, he had just 39 catches for 363 yards and three touchdowns last season. And oh my goodness, Eagles fans have gone at his neck, bro. Like ever since the signing, they're happy he is in Las Vegas now. It is hilarious. The stuff I've seen on Twitter, but it's also kind of messed up. I feel slightly bad for him. But someone always told me, do not feel bad for millionaires. I know, but I do. You know, they got problems too. They have feelings too. They're humans too. And let's just say he was roasted on Twitter. Um, He's really, in my opinion, going to be competing for that fourth receiver spot because obviously the Raiders will draft a number one receiver. Well, hopefully. (laughs) Shoot, hopefully two. Uh, That would be James Jones's dream scenario, and I would totally be on board with that. Um, And then you have Tyrell Williams, of course, and Hunter Renfro. So he'll probably be competing with Zay Jones and um, probably be a contributor on special teams. Now, the details of his contract aren't known yet, but I bet it's a one-year prove-it deal or something short-term, at least. And that's fine by me. Then to wrap things up, the Raiders bring back running back Rod Smith. I think he'll be competing for a spot at camp. And finally, tight end Nick O'Leary. Yeah, they brought in another tight end. Kind of weird, right? (laughs) But he's another guy who will be competing for a roster spot at camp. You know, last season, O'Leary had 13 catches for 109 yards and a touchdown in 12 games for the Dolphins and for Jacksonville last season. He played for both teams last season. So probably don't see him being on the roster. We'll see what happens. Um, But look, Raider Nation, you're not going to love every single signing, but at this point in free agency, They're looking to add depth pieces and bodies for camp, for some camp competition. So that's what's going on here. So don't say, oh my God, why did they add another tight end? That's so stupid. Bodies at camp. Camp competition. All right. Okay, well, it's time to take a quick break. And when we come back, Mitchell Renz, host of the Raiders Report, will join Keeping It 300. So stay where you are. Hey, Blue Wire listeners, with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you may be thinking there's nothing to bet on. Well, guess what? You're wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or why don't you let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack? Oh, and get this, it's open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. And how about this? If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Yeah, you can bet on the weather. So why don't you visit their website and join today and receive, get this, it's no longer a 50% welcome bonus. It's a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. So you cannot beat that. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE 
all one word, and receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, that is betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, we are back. Raider Nation, time now to welcome to the show the host of the Raiders Report, Mitchell Renz. He has over 41,000 subscribers on YouTube, and if you haven't subscribed to his channel, you should, so make sure you do that. He's constantly pumping out great content and interacting with fans. You should also follow him on Twitter, at MitchellRenz365. How's it going, man? It's going really good. Appreciate the introduction. Appreciate everything. I'm also on Instagram, at MitchellRenz365, and it's also my Venmo, if you like what you hear today. Oh, Venmo, so you're trying to tell them to to give you some cash, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, why not? Tough times right now. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Well, first off, i got to admit, I'm a little disappointed in myself for not following you sooner um it was actually one of my followers who tagged me in one of your posts and i was like all right let me check this dude out so here we are on a sunday talking raiders football um but before we get to the football part of things i i do want my listeners to get to know you a little bit so where are you from how did this raiders report start and are you a raiders fan so those are some questions that i think my listeners would like to know so I grew up in central Pennsylvania. It's a small town called Danville. Shout out to the 570. Once I uh, went to college, I went to college in New Jersey. If anybody's ever heard of a small Catholic school called Centenary College, that's where I went. But in college, I worked for the New York Jets, and I did a lot of marketing, and I did a lot of event planning for them. And after that, I moved to Germany, where Germany is where I kind of fell in love with the whole sports podcast game. I played baseball over there. Really missed my family, really missed, you know, being able to communicate with them. And then that turned into me starting a, starting a podcast and writing, which then when I moved back home from Germany, I told my dad, hey, I think I might actually be able to make it in this thing. And I took a part-time job being a valet parking assistant from 5 a.m. to 2. And then I'd come home and I would write and do a podcast from basically 3 to midnight and just really wanted to grow my name, which then converted to me moving to Boston, taking a job to learn marketing Learned a bunch of marketing, didn't do my job well because I uh, just concentrated on everything in the fantasy football, which then Chat Sports, the company I work for now, shout out to Chat Sports, they hired me and I just did a lot of NFL stuff and they were like, I think this guy kind of represents the nation. They like to get down, they like to have a good time. And that's when I started doing the show at, at Chat Sports. But for me, I didn't start out as a Raiders fan until I started doing the show. And for me, the reason why I am now a diehard Raider fan and it's been converted is because I'm a big family dude and there's never been another sports organization that I've seen. There's never been a group of people that have brought me in more than Raider nation. Like I've been to three games. I haven't paid for any of the games that I've gone to. I'll be honest because people have given me tickets. I had one guy offer me a place to sleep just because he's like, Hey, I listen to your show. And for me, like if that's not family, like, if you go to a Raiders game and you pay for a beer or you pay for food out in a tailgate, like you're not doing it right. Like people just hand you food. People just hand you beer. Yeah. So for me, it's, it was the family atmosphere. It was crazy. Oh, man, you've been missing out then all these years. See, I'm 35 years old. I've been I was. A, I've been a Raiders fan since birth. Uh, my listeners know this, but maybe you don't know this. But my grandfather was actually the head superintendent for the Coliseum build back in the 60s. 
And on his tombstone, it literally says the man who built the Oakland Coliseum. So I've been a diehard Raiders fan since birth. And the Coliseum, you know, everyone says was a dump. But I always tell people it was our dump, guys. It was our dump. But um, as you know, they're moving to Las Vegas, unfortunately. And so for me, it's, it's actually funny. So I grew up a Raiders fan. Then I ended up, you know, getting my dream job with NBC Sports Bay Area and covering the team. So I had to be completely unbiased. And the first year was super tough for me, not going to lie, because I still had that fandom in me. But then after that first year, you know, I was uh, it was four years of just hardcore journalism, I like to say, uh, being unbiased. (laughs) And then now that I have this podcast, I can kind of say whatever I say. And now I'm back kind of on the fan bandwagon, even though I've been a fan, like I said, since uh, birth. But. Again, they're moving to Las Vegas. Um, I'm excited for the franchise because I think this is the smartest move financially, even though I was super bummed, you know, that they were moving to Vegas, um, being that growing up in the Bay Area, uh, they already cheated on me once when they moved to L.A. They came back. Now they're leaving me again. So I'm pretty bummed about it. So I want your thoughts on on the move to, to Vegas. So now that I know, though, that you are a uh, new and unconventionally a uh, Raiders fan, I'm assuming you're not bummed they're moving to Las Vegas. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're pumped. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited for the move to Vegas. And I think you, you hit on the main points. I mean, in terms of what it's going to be able to do financially and how it's going to help be able to build this team. I mean, what did Al Davis say? Just win, baby. And I think moving to Vegas is going to help us do you know, just that. So as soon as they moved to Vegas, the Raiders went up in $1.5 billion in terms of value. And yep. the, the facility is going to be absolutely beautiful. And yep. I will say, though, am I bummed? Yes, because I met so many amazing people where Oakland, it was more than just a coliseum. And I was there at that last game, week 15, against the Jags, a game that, man, we should have won. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I, I saw so many, honestly, grown men crying and I was like wow this is this is so much more than just the stadium to a lot of people so from that aspect of it yeah I was I was hurt and I was bummed and I could tell there was a lot more but uh, Vegas no taxes I mean right now I live in Dallas Texas and I know players want to come down here because of the no the no taxes so for example if Khalil Mack would have stayed with us he'd make an extra eight million dollars playing with the Raiders Mm -hmm. compared to the Bears just Mm -hmm. in taxes Yep. Sure, eight million to those guys is nothing, but hey, Khalil, if you want to throw that eight mil my way, I'm right here. Who are you telling? I mean, I've lived in the Bay, so I knew when I was seeing fifty percent of my paychecks how it, how it felt. So imagine being, you know, one of those millionaires. You're like thinking you're about to get a big payday, and you're like, hold on, where's the rest of my check at? Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, so a lot of these guys, even like a, a Max Crosby. You know, he's living large in Las Vegas. He just bought a house. And in the Bay Area, oh, I know. he wasn't living large. Let's just say that. You know, Max, Max is my dude. Max, uh, when, I was on, when I was on Hard Knocks, I was like, told Max, I was like, hey, man, anytime you want to come on the show, you let me know. And Max was like, he hit me up on IG. And he's like, dude, we're coming there. Because he's kind of from around where I live right now in Dallas. And mm-hmm. yep. he's, uh, he's been showing me like all of his gigs or his like things in Vegas. And he's like, dude, it's totally different out here. So. If you haven't followed Crosby, yeah, go give him a follow on Twitter at Crosby Max, I believe is what it is, and Instagram, I think it's just Max Crosby. Oh, look at you plugging in Max Crosby. He's been on our show twice, so uh, Raider That's Nation, they, they love him. He's awesome. <laughs> I actually have to scold him. I played the mommy role because I said, be smart in <laughs> Vegas because, you know, he was making headlines for the wrong reasons. Actually, the day after my po- my second podcast with him released, that whole, um, what was it, adult film star stripper 
uh, news I mean, came out. She, I was like, yo, I'm, Max. 20, I'm 27. I would tell Max, live your best life while you can. So. Live your best <laughs> life, but also be smart while doing it. That's all I'm saying. Sure. And anyways, he represents uh-huh. the silver and black. I'm, and he's a young guy. He could do whatever he wants. But, you know, you are your own marketing, you know, campaign. Mm-hmm. That's the brand that you want. That's the brand you want. Again, he's he's a young guy. But this is me as a 35-year-old talking. So you guys have a different mindset, <laughs> you know, in the 20s. I, I understand. I lived my life in the 20s as well. So um, and <laughs> since you were plugging Max, let's plug you again. Uh, you can follow Mitchell Renz at Mitchell Renz. 365. Uh, that is R-E-N-Z 365. So make sure you go give them a follow. All right. So why don't we talk about the Raiders free agent, 2020 free agent class? Uh, as you know, you know, this is a huge offseason for the Raiders, you know, with free agency, the draft, the cap space that they have, you know, they have a chance to get much be- better and they have gotten much better so far, filling some big needs on defense. Specifically, whew, finally, at linebacker, creating depth, obviously, at multiple positions. Uh, so they've signed, what, 12 guys so far, six on defense, six on offense. Some of those guys on offense that they have signed, that they signed on Saturday, I don't think may even make the roster. I think they're going to compete for a spot at camp, but we'll see. So first question to you about the Raiders' free agent class so far. It's probably a no-brainer, but what was your favorite signing and why? So I made a video on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Raiders Report, and I give out grades on all my positions. And I go live just about every single time there's breaking news, and I'll ask the questions. That's what makes our show a little bit different at Chat Sports. But it it was Corey Littleton, and (laughs) it's an A-plus grade for me. And I've made so many videos on why Corey Littleton is exactly what Mike Mayock, John Gruden, want in a linebacker because Mike Mayock said at the NFL Scouting Combine, Chat Sports, we were there, and he was just like, I need a dynamic linebacker that can cover tight ends down the seam. Yep. That's what you're going to get in a player like Corey Littleton. I mean, he's had over 125 tackles the last two years, a very good coverage linebacker that can cover the tight end down the seam, running backs over the middle. But I think the thing that they like the most about Littleton, the dude's a hard-working guy. I mean, he was a undrafted free agent in 2016, worked his way onto that Rams roster, worked his way into being a great player, and – uh, he's going to be a player on this team that wears that C on his chest. And I'm excited to see what Littleton's going to be able to do with our defense. Yeah, no doubt about that. And and one of my favorite things about this guy is that he's reliable, he's durable, he's oh, yeah. always available. He has been in the league for four years and has never missed a game due to injury. <laughs> so the Raiders need a guy like I think that. That's obviously. something we need. Yeah, and, and, and the, <laughs> well, the Lord knows. You know what the Raiders need? The Lord knows, as you mentioned, the Raiders need a linebacker who could cover, especially tight ends and running backs playing in the AFC West. We all know that. So I'm super pumped about this Corey Littleton signing. And I know he will play some outside, but honestly, uh, the last time the Raiders had a solid inside linebacker, it's been. I know you've only been a fan for a few years, but I'm sure you went and did your work, uh, homework on the history. But it's been at least a decade that they've had a solid inside linebacker. Oh, yeah. I think I'll say a decent one was Nick Roach, though, back in 2013. He was like the only reliable guy for the Raiders um, in the inside. But um, I'm super pumped to have a guy like Corey Littleton. Um, I don't even know. Do you remember Nick Roach? Uh, honestly, no, I, okay. I don't. I'll be honest. I mean, like, I know him, but like, I don't know enough about him to be able to sit here and talk about it, but I do like the addition with Nick Kukowski as well. He was a solid linebacker for the Bears because he can kind of get after the quarterback. Like, his strengths, I would say, complement Corey Littleton very, yes. very well, but 
the reason why they don't normally go out and get linebackers, at least recently, is Paul Gunther. For some reason, even Paul Gunther, back when he was with the Bengals, never really, you know, invested in linebackers early in the draft. I'll be see if they. I'll be interested to see if they do it this year, but. I would say it's maybe a little bit more to do also with Paul Gunther. No, a lot. No, but honestly, a lot of it has to do with just the the Raiders' past. They haven't even drafted a linebacker, I think, in the first three rounds in years. Yeah. Was it Rolando McClain might have been like the last guy that they drafted um, early on, and you saw how that happened or how that turned out. But (laughs) hold on. I'm like struggling right now. I got to take a sip of water. Hmm. This pregnancy is on another level. But anyways, um, the thing that's actually surprising to me, though, I've just thought about this. When the Raiders had linebackers as a GM, head coach, and D coordinator with Reggie McKenzie, Jack Del Rio, and Ken Norton Jr., how did they not develop a solid linebacker unit? Like, I just, that, like, my mind is blown. And the linebacker position for, like I said, a decade has been a weakness. And luckily for the Raiders and Raider Nation, they've actually turned that into a strength in just a couple of days uh, during free agency. So. I pumped up to see, you know, how this elevates the Raiders' defense. So my next question to you is, who is the free agent that will surprise some people this year? Ooh, that's a good question. I would say it's going to come down to, I like Malik Collins a lot, a solid defensive tackle who was brought in by the Cowboys. So the reason why I made a video maybe like a month and a half ago, I said Malik Collins is going to be a Raider because of the Rod Marinelli. So he's now our defensive line coach for the Raiders and – I think about how he's going to be able to help our defensive tackles with P.J. Hall, with Mo Hurst, with Jonathan Hankins. I do like that signing a lot. Also, I think a sneaky signing is going to be Jeff Heath. And I know Jeff Heath has been kind of not getting a lot of love, but Jeff Heath <laughs> is a very, very good special teams player who's going to give us a lot of depth in the secondary. And if you're looking for a player who's going to give it your all again, a lot like an Eric Harris, I like that move. And then uh, we've made 12 signings, so I feel like i got to talk about one more. Okay. Carl Nassib. Oh, okay. Carl Nassib grew up pretty close to me, and he's going to play linebacker, but mostly he's going to play defensive end. So yep. I think he's going to be the one that kind of helps out Cleveland, you know, grow into his own a little bit. And he I could agree. also be a captain on this defense. Oh, no, I definitely agree. Um, it's funny because once they said uh, that they signed him, the, the first thing that came into my mind was obviously hard knocks when he was teaching his, yep. uh, his players or his teammates about financial planning. I'm like, okay, this is a smart guy. But he also is a guy who has a motor, <laughs> motor on him and is going to work hard and Yep. One of those, oh my gosh, I hate that I'm going to even say this, but you know, quote unquote, Gruden Grinder. He loves football. Love it. So <laughs> I, I definitely think that uh, he'll be a nice addition. Um, it's funny, before this podcast, Ian Rappaport actually posted that the Raiders gave Collins a one-year deal worth $6 million, uh, with 5.75 okay. mil guaranteed. So it's a, a prove-it deal, which I don't mind at all. They need some interior pressure. Great deal. I think it's a great deal. One year, let's see what he can do. Um, and obviously Rod vouched for him, and so he thinks that he can make an impact on this defense. So we shall see. Um, all right, well, there are also a few head-scratchers, okay? So um, yep, in, your, yep, in, yep, yep. in your opinion, who was the worst Raiders free agent acquisition and why? <laughs> so I'll, I'll, let me give two answers here, right? So I, mean, I don't want to say Nickel. I don't want to say Nick O'Leary because Nick O'Leary really isn't going to you know contribute. Last year he had I think thirteen catches, one hundred and eight yards, and a touchdown. But two different teams, I'll, I'll right? Put him in the I'll put him in the uh, tight end category because Jason Witten and Nick O'Leary both were head scratchers for me. And then I really like sat down, I thought about it, and I was like, well, if you're trying to change a culture, if you're trying to get a whole bunch of young men to invest in something and become good pros, 
I mean, Jason Witten is arguably one of the greatest tight ends ever, but he's also probably one of the greatest professionals ever. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I can kind of get behind that. And then also the Foster Moreau injury. So he left week 11 with a gruesome, gruesome knee injury. Yep. They might just be bringing in some tight end depth until they figure out whether or not Foster's healthy because right now you can't really give players physicals because of this whole coronavirus thing. So yep. that's why you see a lot of players who are injured, either still left unsigned or, you know, the Cam Newton trade rumors. He's not going to get traded because people don't know if he's healthy or not. Yep. But I would say head scratching wise, the two tight ends. And then honestly, like, Nelson Aguilar. I mean, we, we were joking around at Jazz Sports yesterday. Like, if you don't want to catch the coronavirus, you put on a Nelson Aguilar jersey. And, I, I mean, that's just how it is. But don't get me wrong. I mean, I, yeah. I, I liked him when he first came out of USC. He's, he shows flashes of, like, man, he is really talented. But yeah. then, you know, he has that wide-open drop. And right when I first started covering the Raiders, it was kind of like, you know, primetime Amari drop season and a primetime Michael Crabtree drop season. Yep. And yep. if you don't want a receiver that's going to drop the ball, uh, it's not Nelson Aguilar. So exactly. we'll see if he, can be, if he can be our wide receiver four and we still go out and get a C.D. Lamb, Jerry, Judy, heck, even a Henry Ruggs in the draft. I'll be a lot better with that signing, but – that one was a head scratcher to me, Fallon. You know what's funny? Actually, I thought you were going to say him, but I also were, was going to say Eli Apple. For me, it's Apple and Aguilar for sure because mm-hmm. these two guys mm-hmm. have been consistently inconsistent. <laughs> you have two former first-round picks, you know, that obviously haven't lived up to the hype, haven't lived up to the billing, but apparently, you know, Mayock and Gruden, I don't know, believe a fresh start is is what these guys need. We'll see. I actually feel bad for Aguilar, though, because Philly fans have no oh, chill. Raider Nation's going to eat him up. Oh, my God. And Philly <laughs> fan, no, but Philly, though. Philly's on another level, honestly, when it comes to, like, oh, media fans. I grew fans. up right next to Philly. I know. <laughs> of course. And they were pumped that the Raiders picked him up. They were like, hallelujah, thank you for taking him off our hands. And there was all these memes going around yesterday. I, I felt bad. But honestly, I mean— the Raiders need reliable receivers. They've had problems with drops. Yep. So it, that's why I was like, bro, you're going to sign a receiver? Okay, that's great. Who is it going to be? And I'm thinking of the list of free agents that are available. This ain't the guy that was on my list, like, at all. Nope. <laughs> and last year he played just 11 games because he was injured. And he only had 39 catches for 363 yards. Like, he's coming off his worst season. Yeah, he. but I will say, like, in 2017 when the Eagles did win the Super Bowl, I think one of the reasons why was because – we got the good version of Nelson Aguilar yeah. down the stretch. And I, I think, though, the reason why they made the signing, so back in, I think it was 2015 when he was getting drafted, yep. Rudin liked him a lot because of what he could do for special teams as well. So I know last year the Raiders, they brought in a few different players, like a Trevor Davis once Dwayne Harris went down. Yeah. Like, all right, what can we do with this guy at special teams? And I think he is going to play a little bit of special teams. But if you're, if you're Mayock, if you're Gruden, Obviously, I mean, anybody in the sports industry, heck, I have a big head. These guys, I know that they have a big head, and they probably think, I bet I can turn this former first-round pick into something Oh, for sure. No, I think that that's what they are thinking right now, that maybe he just needs a fresh start. So we're going to see. But again, he hasn't been good since that 2017 season. (laughs) So, um, Oh, here's some positivity, though. He actually has 224 career receptions, which is more than any receiver on the Raiders roster. So experience. There's the positivity. There's the spin we're going to go with. Because I need to make myself feel better because I was pissed when I saw the signing, to be co- quite honest with you. <laughs> was not a fan. I mean, Apple and Aguilar, I believe, for both just 26 years old. So, I mean, we've seen players, you know, really hit their stride once they've become 26, 27. And a lot of times it might take a player like an Aguilar or a player, you know, like an Eli Apple to 
get traded around a little bit, you know, kind of get your, your manhood pushed down a little yeah. bit and then be like, Hey, I, I need to work. I need to get on this team. But I think for this Raiders team to be successful, Eli Apple is a depth cornerback, not number two next to Trayvon yeah, Mullen. And sure. I think Nelson Aguilar needs to be that wide receiver four. So if, if they're wide receiver four and our cornerback four, cornerback three, you know, I, I'm okay with it. But if we're going to go into the season relying on those two dudes, yeah, we're uh, we're not doing the right thing. Well, for sure. And also, we haven't seen the contract, the numbers, so that's going to be a telltale sign of, of what Gruden and Mayock really think about these players and the contributions that they expect them to make. If it's something, obviously, it better be cheap. That's all I got to say when the numbers come out. <laughs> I mean, if it's if it's a one-year prove-it deal with some incentives that's on fine. both of those guys, yeah. like, that's, that's what I want. Like, the fact that the Malik Collins deal was a one-year, great. I mean, the more one-year prove-it deals we can get on this team, yeah. All for it. Yeah, for Absolutely sure. all for it. Yep, I agree. All right, well, obviously every signing isn't going to make everyone happy. Um, and yes, they missed out on some big-name free agents. I'm pretty bummed they didn't get a Byron Jones. or Dar- uh, Actually, Chris Harris Jr., I'd rather have had him over Darius Slay because Darius Slay was going to be way too expensive, and I wasn't too keen on, on that on that guy. But I'm bummed about Byron Jones, bummed about Chris Harris Jr. But overall, I think that they did a nice job, you know, so far with the 2020 yep. free agent class. So what overall grade would you give Mike Mayock and John Gruden so far this free agency? Uh, my first video that I made, I gave it an A minus. But then honestly, after the signings from yesterday, I'm going to drop it down to a B plus. So when I think about grades, I don't know, I think in today's world, people, everyone wants an A and everyone wants a participation trophy. But B to me is a, it's a good grade, right? Good I mean, grade. it's a B plus, C is, B, C is average to me. And the, the reason why I'm giving it only a B plus is because our two biggest needs, in my opinion, coming into free agency, wide receiver and linebacker. Did we address the linebacker position in defense? Absolutely. Honestly, it's an A plus in my opinion. Yep. But then at wide receiver, you know, all you get is a Nelson Aguilar. You add a two old tight ends that I think are, you know, just going to be fighting it out. I think for the roster, I think Winton will make it over Leary. But your biggest concern, your biggest asset right now on your team is is Derek Carr, right? And I mean, you didn't build really around him whatsoever. So I said last year, 2019 was a prove it year for Carr. Again, you're looking at a 2020 year that is absolutely a, a prove it year for Carr. Now you can say like, okay, you also gave him a guard and Eric Cush, who I'll say this by the Raiders signing or extending Richie incognito to year 14 Denzel good one year two. We'll see what Cush ends up getting here, which is by the way, going to be a very popular Raiders Jersey. If they don't make him 420, <laughs> they're not trying to sell jerseys. Uh. Let me just make that clear. But you signed three guards. I'm actually worried now because there was trade rumors about two, three weeks ago mm-hmm. around Gabe Jackson. And for those of you that don't watch my show, I do things like with Chucky heads. And I think like, okay, what's this rumor possibility? And I said that it's about three Chucky heads. So 75% chance that Gabe Jackson isn't a Raider because you're seeing a lot of these other moves. And if the Raiders do cut Gabe Jackson, they save $9.6 million. Exactly. So, um, back, back to my point with Carr. You didn't really build around Carr, who's our most important asset going into the next season. Well, they still have a chance to do that. So let me just say this, actually, because I do want to give uh, my thoughts on Derek Carr, and I would like to know your thoughts about Derek Carr. But um, all my listeners know how I feel about D.C. I'm a D.C. fan. Has he lived up to the $125 million billing? No, but you also have to look at the big picture. You know, last year, as you know, was what it was only the second time in his career that he had the same play caller for back to back seasons. And for his entire six year career with the Raiders, he has never had a top 10 defense. 
I mean, shoot, just give him a middle-of-the-pack defense. Instead, the defense has been one of the worst in the league throughout his entire Raiders tenure. So give him a middle-of-the-pack defense, a number one receiver or two, to go with the pieces they already have on offense, and I think that he's going to flourish this coming season. Now, if he doesn't, then we can revisit this, and I might change my tune. But last year, hello, Losing Antonio Brown, I don't even want to mention his dang name in my podcast anymore. F-A-B. F-A-B. But that just, that kind of just really changed what the Raiders could do offensively. Um, They thought that he was going to be able to stretch the field. Then they had the stupid rotating carousel of of receivers. And the only reliable receivers on the team ended up being, you know, the tight ends, of course. And then Hunter Renfro, and then he ended up getting injured, yada, yada, yada. But, all right, so let me get off my soapbox when it comes to the Derek Carr, uh, when it comes to Derek Carr, because I'm really passionate when it comes to D.C. That's my guy, not going to lie. And James Jones, you know, played with D.C., um, loves D.C., and uh, so we're, like, pro-D.C. on our podcast, and some of my uh, Raider followers, like, hate it, but it is what it is. Um, This is my podcast. I can give you uh, my opinions, and that's what I'm going to do. But I am curious to see what your thoughts are on the Marcus Mariota signing, because... You know, I believe the quarterback room just got better. You have a solid backup, a guy who will push Derek Carr, but he will not be the starter. So that's how I feel. What do you think about it? Totally agree. I, I like Marcus Mariota, and I think what everybody – it makes me laugh because once they sign Mariota, people were like, oh, you had this room that was like he's washed up, and then there's the room that was like, oh, he's going to start over Derek Carr. <laughs> yeah. Let me just first start on the whole he's, – he's going to be the backup, and that's how they're bringing him in here. But – for anybody that thinks Marcus Mariota is totally washed up, I would say literally go back to the exact same situation Mariota was in last year with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Sometimes quarterbacks, they just need a change of scenery. They just need something a little bit different. Ryan Tannehill just got four years, $118 million. He beat the Ravens. He beat the Patriots in the playoffs. Why? Good defense, good running game. Facts. Ryan Tannehill, I would take Derek Carr over Ryan Tannehill. Yep. Ryan Tannehill threw for 73 yards in playoff oh. games. and heck, heck, Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, I'll take Derek Carr over Jimmy. Why does Jimmy succeed? Good running game, good defense. Facts. Let me get off that point. Um, Facts. But with Mariota now, I do think it's going to be interesting to see how the Raiders use him. Just because he's the backup, if we can add an extra, I'll say, 10 plays, 20 plays to our playbook, mm-hmm. you at least, if you're a defensive coordinator, have to spend, I don't know, some time strategically planning for how the Raiders are going to use Marcus Mariota. And I know Mike Mayock, he was Mariota, Gruden. You know, Mariota was their number one quarterback back in – what, 20, 2015? And yeah. That's not the guy that I'm looking for, but mobile quarterbacks help the running game. And far too often last year, the Raiders, they could move the football down the field. But when we, we got in that red zone, I'll blame it more on that we didn't have a big you know, number one receiver. We didn't really convert on a lot of, a lot of scores. We were kicking field goals or we yep. were, you know, I think we were top, top eight or something like that in yards, but we just weren't scoring. Yep. My point is if we're fourth and one, if we're, you know, goal to go, you get Josh Jacobs back there, maybe with a mobile quarterback in Mariota, you're going to be able to open up a few extra things. So I think it's also going to push Derek because for the first time in his career, he does have somebody that's behind his back saying, yep. hey, if, he doesn't, if Derek doesn't go out there and win games, the fans are going to want Mariota. And if that's what it comes to, that's what it comes to. But now there's some competition there. Yeah, so I think training camp is going to be interesting because obviously with the media, they're going to stir up some stuff and they're going to make it as a quarterback controversy. And as as you know, John Gruden and Mike Mayock have never really come out and, say, and said, Derek Carr is our quarterback. You know, they always have said, 
We're always going to look to get better. We're always going to look to get better. Derek Carr has done some great things for us. You know, 70% completion percentage last year, yada, 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 all this stuff. But then they always go back to the, we're going to get better. You know, we're always going to look. I've said that. That's my mantra. He, they've never just said, had said, hey, he's our quarterback. Can you guys stop asking these questions? We have are confident in Carr. They've never said that. So what I think that's going to happen at, at camp is there's going to be that whole storyline of, a quarterback controversy. Yep. And I actually hate that because you're starting off fresh in Vegas. The last thing you need is drama. But at the same time, iron sharpens iron, and Derek Carr hasn't ever had to look over his shoulder when it comes to a backup quarterback, and now he does. So hopefully he does push Derek Carr to take that next step. But again, I always feel like Derek Carr hasn't taken that next step because he hasn't had the proper pieces around him, i.e. a solid defense on the other side. I agree. I, I, I'm a D.C. truther. I, uh... I, I think he's a really good quarterback. One, sorry, some guy's got a giant truck and apparently decided to want to prove it. Um, <laughs> Anyways, um, it's fine. So I, uh, I think Carr for me was just—he's always been a good quarterback, right? He's not, in my opinion, he's not a top ten guy, but that's okay. Like that's not what you know—it's not always what you need. But I think one of the reasons why I was getting so mad that people wanted Tom Brady, I was like, Tom Brady had one of the best defenses in the league last year, and realistically. I think Derek actually was better than Tom Brady last Exactly. Year, they had similar stats, but what was the biggest difference? Tom Brady had literally the number one defense on the other side of him. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, like Tom Brady still couldn't win a Super Bowl, and the only reason why you'd ever want to bring in Tom Brady is if you're going to win that Super Bowl. But even then, like, what is that telling your fans that have backed you up? You're moving to a new city, but I don't even want to get in on Tom yeah. Brady. I'm so sick and tired of talking about him. Who are you Tuck telling? Um, I know. Oh, who though, are you like, telling? Hold on. I, I was a fan back then, okay? I cried, okay? I was a fan back then. On my show, I uh, if something if I don't believe it, I say, zero chalky heads, tuck rule, tuck that, because you can't swear on YouTube. So, oh, that's funny. Um, I, I, I believe me. I, I get it, but... I think now for the first time, if we can add some talent around him at wide receiver, we're going to see Derek get back to, you know, 2016, 2015 form because I do think that he can still be that quarterback. But until we actually get some pieces around him, you just you just don't know what you're going to get. Um, we'll we'll see. I'm a D.C. guy. Well, <laughs> fingers crossed. Though, I know. Because I don't want to have the same conversation next year. Oh, yeah, for sure. So barring any setbacks or any injuries, major injuries, or any crazy Antonio Brown drama, (laughs) uh, I think uh, the Raiders are in good position next year, and and so is D.C. So hopefully we're telling, um, you know, the anti-Derek Carr fans, told you so next year. So we'll see. Um, (laughs) All right. Well, let's wrap things up with the the draft. Um, Obviously what teams do in free agency determines how they approach the draft. Before free agency, I thought, the Raiders would go wide receiver, linebacker in the first round. But now, you know, they don't really have to take a linebacker early. They still need a number one receiver, as we mentioned. They still need a number one corner, as we mentioned. So, in my opinion, I think they're going to go wide receiver, corner. Now, me and you didn't know each other, so you probably didn't listen to my podcast. So, the James Jones strategy, he's been saying this for a couple weeks now, is get yourself a Ferrari on offense. So, he's saying first round at 12, you take CeeDee Lamb. At 19, you take Henry Ruggs, okay, Mr. Al Davis's dream receiver. Now, unfortunately, the 49ers have the 13th overall pick now. Gosh darn it, I'm so pissed about this and a little salty <laughs> because of the name DeForest Buckner to the Colts trade. Yep. Uh, so I think they're going to take a, a wideout at 13. Um, I'm hoping they're going to take a Judy because I'm a CeeDee Lamb fan. I uh, hope they're going to take a Judy, but something tells me they're going to go for Ruggs. But with that said, how do you see the Raiders attacking the first round? How do you see it playing out? 
Uh, I think if we can go out and get C.D. Lamb at number 12, that's absolutely my number one receiver as well because you said it earlier, he's a Gruden grinder and he's a tough dude. And I don't know if he's ever going to be his comps to me is a lot like DeAndre Hopkins where go back and watch DeAndre Hopkins in college, go back and watch DeAndre Hopkins, even at the combine, he didn't light it up. Hopkins ran a 4.5740 and that's not C.D. Lamb's game either. C.D. though gets open. He's a tough receiver and I, fits, I think he fits exactly the kind of offense that we want to run. Plus he can block and wants to block. I like Jerry Judy a lot. I think he ends up going actually at number 11 to the jets who still don't know what they're going to do with Robbie Anderson at this moment. Oh, yeah, that's true. And then 13 or 15, I think, I don't think Henry Ruggs get past 13 and I don't think he gets past 15 of the Broncos. Like I think he's going to end up on one of those two teams because they're trying to build around, you know, their quarterback. They're trying to build that wide receiver group. So for me, Dream scenario, honestly, for this Raiders team is to trade that 19 pick down. Hmm. And then we end up getting maybe a late first, early second round pick. Because one of the things that this draft class has shown is how, how deep it is at that wide receiver group. And yep. for me, I like cornerbacks like a CJ Henderson, like a Christian Fulton, two pretty solid players there. But for me, we're still trying to add a lot of, a lot of holes. And if we want to go out and maybe get a pass to Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray, because we traded back, I'm okay with that. I mean, if we can also go out and get a Justin Jefferson and, you know, um, maybe a Denzel Mims, like that to me would be, that's what I want. So if it was up to me, sure, if the guy that you want is there at 19, maybe like a Javon Kinlaw, I don't think that happens anymore that they signed Collins, but dream scenario, you trade that 19 pick back, get an early second, late first, and pick up two more players. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think they should stand pat at 12, but uh, at 19, you know, if you can get some draft capital, more draft capital out of it um, and still get one of our needs, I think that would be a, a nice little strategy as well. So we'll see what what, what happens. Now, what I'm going to say is the Raiders better not trade up for nothing because I don't see them doing that because no. they don't even have the capital to do it. But I am not a fan of trading up ever unless, you know, you're uh, a struggling franchise who's in need of a franchise quarterback or something like that. Um, and then you have no choice but to do something like that. But you have two first round picks. We're not trading up. <laughs> trading back yes i i would be shocked if the raiders did trade up however i think the only two players that the raiders would actually consider trading up for are linebacker isaiah simmons out of clemson who he's actually probably like one of my favorite players in this draft he can play he's all over the field i know mike Mayock loves him and, and then jeff akuda and then you know john gruden literally asked jeff akuda at the combine what planet you're are you from because <laughs> jeff akuda is yeah. a great cornerback so yeah. Those are two players that I think would be the most likely. However, I'm on board with you. The Raiders' defense, it needs to get better still, even with these free agent signings. I love them, but we still have some holes to fill, and I'm going to give Mike Mayock as many picks as humanly possible. Yeah, I agree with you. And Isaiah Simmons, by the way, is like my dream defender. He was asked, you know, what position do you play? And he said, I play defense. (laughs) I was like, that's what I'm talking about. All right, uh, so let's say Mayock and Gruden have another solid draft, as they did in 2019, uh, which includes, hopefully, getting a number one receiver and getting the number one corner. corner. Uh, what should expectations be entering 2020? Um, I will say this. I don't think we can always think like our 2019 rookies are going to be every year, right? Because our 2019 rookie class, I would argue, is probably one of the best draft class in the last 10 years, not just for the Raiders, all NFL teams. Yep. I mean, yep. you get, in my opinion, the defensive rookie of the year in Max Crosby in round four. 
you definitely got the offensive rookie of the year in Josh Jacobs. That one got stole from him. That was absolute just oh, thievery. Oh, yeah. Wait, I did a um, whole segment but, on that. Oh, Lord Jesus. But, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. You know, Jonathan Abram, we're going to get him back. He only played one game last year. I like Cleveland a lot. I guess my point here is just set your expectations because the draft class we got in 2019, that's not going to happen again. Like, and, it, and I just don't think it's going to happen again because of how great they were. So for me, if we can improve at our biggest needs, if we can just have just solid production from those rookies again, I'm going to say we're a 10-win team, and I honestly truly believe that because the team that we had last year can win seven games and not play a home game from week three up until week nine. We traveled the most in the NFL. It wasn't even close. Like, I think we traveled 42,000 miles last year for comparison. The New York Jets traveled 9,000. Yeah. If anybody has flown, I know this whole coronavirus thing is, you know, kind of slowed down travel. Flying takes a lot out of you, period. So I think when you think about that, plus all the injuries we had, the Vontaze Burfick suspension, we were in the playoff run up until week 17. And now we have a better team, a much better defense. Like, there's no reason why we can't win 10 games. And, you know, you got to remember, this is the, the playoff year where now seven teams are going in yep, yep. instead of uh, just six. So. I think it's a playoff caliber team. I honestly, honestly believe that. But if we yeah. go into the draft and we don't get our knees, or honestly, if we draft a quarterback, <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, and I, I think that's the only way that this isn't a 10-win team. It's funny. I always say, you know, I always have my convictions when it comes to, like, Derek Carr and all this stuff and what they're not going to do and what they are going to do. And then I sit back and say, actually, I can't put nothing past John Gruden. I just can't. Like, especially, I mean, especially with the whole Khalil Mack trade. Never thought it was going to happen in a million years. Then it happened. And then uh, on my last podcast, I had joked how they signed Mariota and that he's going to be the backup. And I'm, then I said to myself, uh, and you even mentioned it about the egos thing. I'm like, he thinks and he's supposed to be a quote unquote, you know, quarterback guru. Yep. He might want to prove that he can resurrect somebody's career. And he would loved Marcus Mariota back in uh, 2015. So I don't put nothing past John Gruden. However, Thankfully, there's Mike Mayock to balance things out. Yep. Um, and so hopefully they do the right thing. I always make the joke on my on my show that, like, if John Gruden is his quarterback whisperer, honestly, that's not the – Derek Carr doesn't need somebody to whisper at him. Derek <laughs> Carr and Marcus Mariota, they're going to need somebody to yell at him. That's where Mike Mayock comes into play. And I think Gruden is a, a, an excellent mind. I actually had the opportunity that I met Gruden Probably back in, I think it was 2015, his son, Deuce, he played at the same college as my cousin Andrew at Lafayette. And, you know, he had like the Monday night football uh, van there. And just talking to him in a short amount of time, I was like, this guy is a football junkie. He's a nerd. But just like everybody, sometimes your ego can kind of get in the way at times. And you think that you can make any project into something special. Mm -hmm. For me, though, I think the Raiders still could go out and draft a quarterback. I think it would be in the third or fourth round. And We'll see. Um, I don't think that now that you go after Jalen Hurts, because that's why, you know, you kind of signed Mariota. But yep. as you said it, I think one of the biggest reasons why my show does as well as it does is because Gruden's unpredictable. And that's why I had to make a rumor, Chucky Head thing, because <laughs> I remember the first time I talked about them trading Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack. And, man, I got called every name in the book. Some of these names I had to actually look up in a thesaurus. <laughs> so I was like, Raider Nation is uh, crazy. But that's what happens, and that's what makes, honestly, the NFL fun. Yeah, no doubt about that. So it's be interesting to see uh, what they do. But I hope no surprises. We already had a million surprises. It was dysfunction. We've had years and years and years and decades of dysfunction already with, with the Raiders. We don't need any more, okay? Let's just try to do things the right way. No surprises. And we are. They are. They are. Well, because I feel like because of Mike Mayock. 
I mean, hiring him was the best decision that, you know, the franchise has made in years, <laughs> in my opinion. Okay. A guy who is a level head, a guy who's not a yes man, who, a guy who's going to stand up to Gruden. You know, they're going to go at it. Um, they obviously had their issues with AB. That was a mess, but we'll see. Hopefully, you know, this year, like I said, no surprises because I'm I, I don't I don't got time for that. <laughs> we obviously love our our listeners and um, the, the the clicks, etc. So that makes it you know fun for us. But at the same time, Lord, it's just drama. My head was spinning last season. Um, but I but I think that. The Raiders will squeak into the playoffs as a wild card. I do not think that they're going to win the division because they still got to get past the reigning Super Bowl champion Chiefs, and they haven't been able to get past them for years. I think they're not there yet. I feel in a couple years they will be there. But as long as Patrick Mahomes and those guys are in the division, I see the Raiders definitely going in as a as a wild card. But, hey, once you're in the playoffs, you're in the playoffs, and anything can happen. So uh, the playoffs are good for me. I th- I'm sure that Raider Nation will take it. Mitchell, I'm sure you will take it as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just got to get the opportunity. But I will say, like, if you keep doing the right things, and I hate to make the comparison of the 49ers because they're probably the team I dislike the most just from dealing with 49ers fans from our chat sports channels. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, like, the 49ers, they were 4-12. and They bought in. They hired the right head coach. They hired the right GM. They did the right things. And Jimmy Garoppolo is an average quarterback. I would take Derek over him. What do they do? Build a defense. They got a great running game. I think we're doing the right things. And I understand Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They're a fun team, but they didn't do anything in free agency. Yeah, Their money's about to get very, very tied up because they're probably going to have to give Mahomes over 40, maybe even 45 million. And uh, last time I checked, football is a team game. Right now, Derek Carr is making 21 and a half million. Find me a quarterback right now in the NFL. Find me one. Seriously. That's exactly. as good as Derek Carr. Making making twenty one point five. Yeah. This team's doing the right thing, so I, I believe in them. Well, exactly. People were like up in arms about him getting paid one hundred twenty five million, but this was back in after the twenty sixteen season when he deserved that one hundred twenty five million dollar contract. But since then, the market value for quarterbacks has gone way way up. And so, way up. exactly. So so guys, you're getting your quarterback for a pretty darn good price. So I need you guys to pump the brakes, those uh, DC haters. <laughs> um, okay, last thing. A report came out last night that the 2020 NFL draft may not be held in Las Vegas at all now. We know that they already canceled all the public events, uh, but the player selection process was still going to go on as scheduled. But according to this report, the draft will be held in a television studio now instead because of the coronavirus. Yes, it's a global health crisis right now, so we have to take it seriously. So I think it's the right thing to do. But does this put a damper on any of the plans that you had covering the draft. I know it put a damper on my plans, a lot of my friends' plans, <laughs> who are media members. Uh, you know Raider Cody. He's part of the Blue Wire um, oh, yeah. podcast That's family. Yeah, I, I, I brought him on to the Blue Wire podcast family. Um, he was going to do a whole show in Las Vegas. They already bought flights, hotel rooms, etc. And now nothing's going to happen. So what do you think about this? I mean, this is going to be, this is unprecedented. We're, we're in uncharted waters right now when it comes to just what's going on in the world. So we uh, chat sports. We were also going to go out to Vegas and I invited, you know, Raider Cody on our, on our show as well. So we were going to head out to Vegas. We had a, we had a stage we were going to set up. So I don't know how much you know about chat sports or whatnot, but last year, and the year before that, we were the most watched NFL draft coverage on the internet. So okay, okay. one thing that we do really well is we, uh, we, we, I think we did 7 million views in about uh, three, four days. So, but with, with YouTube, with Facebook, we get the draft picks way earlier than what you'll see on television. And honestly, like that's why we do so well. But 
we were going to be out there. We got invited to go out there and we were going to do a live draft party. So I am pretty bummed, but you know, we did have flights. We did have everything already set up. However, now um, I do think it's going to be over television. I don't think it's going to be on in Vegas and this, this might be an unpopular opinion. I'm okay with that because if you're going to have a draft in Vegas, it needs to be, you know, legit. So if this means I think the draft next year is in Cleveland, who the hell wants a draft in Cleveland? So like, let's get it out of there. Let's get it into Vegas next year. And if it's up to me, if it goes well, like I understand, like they kind of want to do like the Super Bowl where you bounce it around in different cities. I think the NFL, if they actually want to make a lot of money, you can't tell me there's a better place in the entire world than for a draft and all like a lot of events in Vegas. Oh, there's, and if there's you can find me one, show it to me. Oh, there's no. Not. <laughs> oh, no. They're going to pull out all the stops. I mean, they, literally, that's why Mark Davis was so bummed because he wanted to show, you know, the world what Las Vegas was all about. Uh, you know, go, yep. go hard or go home. This is going to be over the top production. Um, and unfortunately, it's it's not happening. So I definitely agree with you. I think they should push the Cleveland back another year and then next year um, do it in Las Vegas. I feel like it's only fair. I mean, the yeah. economy in Las Vegas, they just lost millions and millions and millions of dollars. I bet it's in the, I bet it's in the billions. <laughs> well, yeah, probably billions. Honestly. Actually, it's probably billions of dollars. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously the economy for cities, especially host cities for the NCAA tournament, they've taken a huge hit. But for this draft, this was, like, built up to be – one of the best in the history of, you know, the NFL draft. And I'm just so bummed for um, the city of Las Vegas, for the Raiders um, franchise. But the funny thing is the Raiders are still going to have their war room in Alameda. They're going to have some representation in Las Vegas, but they were still going to be back like Mike Mayock and John Gruden um, in the war room in Alameda. But I still felt like it was going to, you know, showcase what Vegas was all about and get people excited about them having a football franchise um, in the city. So it's a bummer, man. I, I, I'm I'm pretty bummed. So we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see if they go, Cleveland, sorry, 2022 now. Vegas is going to be 2021. We'll see. That should already be done. Like, we shouldn't ever have anything in Cleveland. Like, no offense <laughs> if anybody listens in Cleveland, but I'm sure y'all would definitely get on board with the draft in Vegas the next 10 years instead of a draft in Cleveland. Oh, my God, that's so funny, though, because I do have friends who live in Cleveland, and they're like, it's such a great you know, little city. And I'm oh, just my like, boss, eh. my boss is from Cleveland. And I think it's, I think anybody that thinks Cleveland is great. It's just like people who back my hometown, love my hometown. Shout out to Danville. But like, <laughs> you gotta get out. You gotta, you gotta get out and see the world. That's all I'm saying. Now I will say I was pleasantly surprised by Cleveland because they do have a cute little downtown. And when I covered the Raiders and travel with the team, uh, for, with NBC sports, um, we went to Cleveland a couple of times and I had, I had, time but yes they have just the rock and roll hall of fame and then some nice little dive bars and little restaurants and and all that stuff but as far as like a host city for uh you know the nfl the nfl draft nah i'm good um and it's funny because because you know carl joseph i'm friends with carl well not friends i mean i've covered him since he was a rookie so we have a good relationship um and i said really bro cleveland ah i am sorry he was like What's wrong with Cleveland? And I said, come on now. What do you mean, what's wrong with Cleveland? <laughs> and then I said, but I'm, uh-huh. I'm happy for you. I know you wanted to go to a place where uh, you were wanted, but he signed a one-year prove-it deal, and um, I don't see him being in Cleveland long-term. I think it's just going to be a one-year. Try to get paid somewhere else the following year. But, yeah, I even gave him a hard time about Cleveland. But sorry if we have any Cleveland listeners. 
Yeah, sorry. Sorry, guys. We're not hating. We're not hating. We're just, this is called keeping it 300. We're just keeping it all the way 300. You know what I'm saying? So, sorry, y'all. <laughs> Anyways, Mitchell, thank you so much for uh, coming on, keeping it 300. I actually want to keep calling you Mitch like we are BFFs, but what do people call you? Do they call you Mitchell or Mitch? Honestly, the only time I know I'm in trouble is when my mom calls me Mitchell Williams, and that's my middle name. But I've never been asked the whole Mitch Mitchell thing until Mitchell Trubisky threw like that big fit about what his name is. Honestly, you can call me a lot of bad things that rhyme with Mitch, so you can call me whatever you want. You are correct. That is hilarious. Touche. Um, so I always wanted to call you Mitch because I was going to say your Twitter handle wrong and say Mitch Renz. But again, guys, follow him on Twitter if you haven't done so already, at Mitchell Renz 365 And also plug your YouTube channel before we head out. It's called YouTube.com slash Raiders Report. So we just crossed 41,000 subscribers. And we're also there on Facebook as well. So if you just go on YouTube or Facebook, type in the Raiders report, it'll pop up. But also check out the company that I work for, because if it wasn't for Chat Sports, there would be no Raiders report. And we will be doing an NFL draft coverage. And we still do about, I don't know, five, six live shows every single week. We're still going in there pumping out content because I think right now is the time where people need content and people need extra things. And our content is 100% free. Sometimes laughter is the best medicine. We have a lot of fun there. We chug beers. We have people twerk. It's a good time. And we're a live and interactive YouTube channel. So if you want to come on the show, all you got to do is subscribe and we can put your face on screen and it's a good time. So check me out. But again, everywhere on social media is at MitchellRen365. Awesome. Appreciate your time, Mitch. Thanks for joining Keeping It 300. Appreciate you. Shout out Raider Nation. All right, well, that's going to do it for this bonus episode of Keeping It 300. If you haven't done so already, make sure you rate us and write a review. We would really appreciate it. Till next time, I'm Fallon. I'm out.